Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Almost a home race for the APR squad in uh, GT300. They're also Tokyo-based. Not a very long drive for them normally to get back to the track, but during Golden Week, the expressway between Gotemba and downtown Tokyo is absolutely solid with traffic the whole way. But you do get spectacular views of Mount Fuji, and it's a lovely snow cap at the moment. Here uh, is the opportunity for Enios Racing to take the place from Lucas Ordonieth, and can Ordonieth offer some sort of a reply? Not quite. Tries to get the Nissan up the inside of the Lexus into the penultimate corner and almost did it, but it just you just sense that at this phase in the race, Enios and uh, Kunimoto in the RCF is just that bit quicker than the Nissan behind. It's actually going to really be hurting Ordonez's tyres doing this battling following so closely yeah these are high highish downforce cars so to be scrapping like that you're going to be working your tires a lot harder than you would be if you have a car in front and it's going to be taking life out of it and they don't he really doesn't want that because that's how at the end of the tire stint you make that gain as we see the leon sls suddenly realizes gt500 car next to him so um yeah a bit of uh Avoidance action required there to make sure the two cars didn't connect. Ordonez now at the wheel of the 24 car in the 11th position. It was Sasaki to open the account for the D station Advan GTR. Meanwhile, in sixth position within GT 300, it's car seven, the Studi BMW Z4, started by Jurg Muller. Now, uh, Saiji Ara at the wheel of that car with its Yokohama tyres not carrying any ballast after uh, not such a good result in the opening round but that of course gives you an advantage for the next race as the winner gets 40 kilos the second place car gets 30 kilos and if you finished third in the previous race it's 22 kilos strapped into your car for the next meeting and the car carrying 22 kilos for this event within GT300 is the number 21 Audi R8 LMS Ultra with Richard Lyons having started that car. I think it's Tomonobu Fuji now driving car 21 and Stefan Ortelli waiting in the wings. Meanwhile, the third place machine, we haven't seen an awful lot of, of the Petronas car but still running well from the Tom's outfit, the Lexus RCF that was started by James Rossiter. A good opening stint for that Lexus. Just can't match the pace of the leading, the two leading Nissans but nevertheless a podium result is something that they will be will be first on their list of achievements this weekend. And having started from fourth position, they've established themselves in third place. Daisuke Ito now driving that. And lap times, well, le- back end of the 131s, low 132s, look to be relatively consistent from Daisuke Ito in that Nissan. Very dirty now compared to where uh, it's rather attractive paint job in the early stage of this race you can just see how much brake dust and and also kind of dust from the, the uh, exterior bits of the track as well that have been brought onto the circuit as we mentioned earlier on the, the sides of that car you barely see the number on it now yeah it's just that general track gunk but we we have seen um, more brake dust i think off the lexus cars than we have seen off say the honda so we can see this honda which also shows some signs of that track gunk on it but this, it's still very shiny that Cahin. NSX there, and also the Nissans aren't as dirty as the as, as the Lexus Lexi seem to be. But it's uh, I don't know. It, 
the Lexus isn't a match for the GTR here. And I was just looking at the ballast, thinking maybe because the neither Lexus or Nissan had a particularly good opening round. Well, Lexus had a better round than Nissan did, but none of the cars in contention at the front, in the top three of this class at this race, have any real ballast on board. One, one's got eight kilos on, but that's, yeah. you know, that's the difference between a fat driver and a thin driver, isn't it? <laughs> True, yeah, the, the heaviest car... Uh, of the top three qualifiers no longer in the hunt sadly for 38 the Zen Terumu RCZ it was a Lexus that won the opening round of course um, with the Keeper Tom's outfit taking maximum points but therefore maximum ballast for this uh, race and car 37 isn't amongst the top five right now fifth position car 39 just seeing that now on the live feed that's Heike Kovalainen at the wheel on that car. It is, having taken over the Denso Kobelko Saad RCF with it, with 12 kilos of ballast and looking relatively relaxed is co-driver Koei Hirate after a good opening stint, the fist pump from him. And for some people who are probably wondering, this is the same Saad that are running with Saad Morand in the World Endurance Championship. And we will see Kohai uh, back on board that car before the end of this race with Heike Kovalainen taking the middle stint. 63 laps done now of a 110-lap affair and the GT500 car, GT500 leader, remains the number one machine of Sujio Matsuda and leading GT300 is the 10 of Gainer. That's the GTR GT3 from Gainer Motorsport. Stricken cars uh, in various places around the circuit. That's from the opening exchanges, really, and they haven't been moved because they're judged to be in a safe position. I'm watching the lead battle. I'm just wondering, Johnny, if the uh, the Calsonic car sitting in second, he's just dropped back to 2.1 seconds and it's sort of holding there. I wonder if he's just hanging back a little bit, keeping out the dirty air, saving his tyres, to you know building up for a bit of a later attack, closer to the second set of expected pit stops. I think we need to see them about lap 70 to 75 I think so probably another 10, 10 or so laps to go before we see that as trouble there for the Epson NSX it looks very low on the left hand side I think that's a left rear puncture on that car yeah good spot and the under trade dragging so creating sparks for that Honda and uh, it'll take a little bit of time to get the car back to pit road but it's happened again at a relatively decent position off the circuit at least you're not going into turn one and that happens I think that's uh, well, that's the, that's Daisuke Nakajima at the wheel I think at, at the moment of that car and that is the only GT500 car running the Dunlop tyre of course and that's the most likely tyre to go bang around this clockwise circuit left rear under the most most stress this relatively uh, short circuit now the tyre got stuck then for a moment and is entirely delaminating it, and disintegrating and it's also taking bits of bodywork with it that's never good Sam I can I can hear a Sunderland accent in my in my head right now saying he's done that he's gone in far too quick he's coming far too quick because that's yeah it's a fair point because when a tire like this cuts it does flail around and he's he's just savaged his rear aero parts for no real gain in time the time loss he's going to get for the rest of this mm. this race is going to be huge because of this uh, failure and it's really taking him out of contention but being at the wheel of Honda at Fuji Speedway, he's not really in contention anyway. So, brand new tyre prepared, and they may well change 
all the tyres. Sounds like wheel guns are in the background there, away from this uh, close-up shot, but more work required than just a simple tyre change after so much damage has been done. You can see right through the back of the car there as uh, bits of bodywork have been torn off. I think that uh, gap in the rear bumper, though, is by design rather than as an effect of this situation to get the air running through the car as efficiently as possible but much conversation being had and not an awful lot of work <laughs> I notice now the rather large uh, cutters have been brought out so uh, there may be a bit more bodywork that needs to be pulled away from there in order to get the tyre the new tyre safely bolted on well it's a little bit of a comment about that um, NSX we haven't really spoken much about it's in technical detail that car is a bit different the Honda is a bit different to the other two GT500 cars in so much as it is mid-engined the engine sits behind the monocoque and head of the gearbox and still drives the rear wheels. But another thing about it, it's a very Japanese car. The chassis is made in Japan, just outside Kyoto. The bodywork is made in Sakura City, not far from Tokyo, and Mategi, obviously. The hybrid system is made in Derbyshire. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> By a company called Gibson, who you might recognise from the World Endurance Championship, who uh, yes. won a Gibson LMP2 car with a Gibson-tuned Nissan engine won the LMP2 class at Spa in the six hours race there uh, yesterday which, which seems uh, like about three hours ago, ago yeah, but, um, well, the raised eyebrow there from Jao Paulo Lima de Oliveira as far as his number 12 car is concerned still very much in contention having just done a 131.203 with Yasuda at the wheel second position, the car still in the same frame as they work their way through the final corner and Yasuda needing to take a tight route through the final corner there in order to steer clear of a Ferrari and the tyre change has been done on the 64 car, they've managed to cut away the relevant bits of bodywork as well car 64 for Epson, back in the race then, Daisuke Nakajima I think still at the wheel, he won't have handed back to Bertrand Baguette quite yet and a BMW stopping, the white and yellow uh, JMS colours. That's the LM Corsa car there with, I'm not sure who's at the wheel, whether it's Nitro or Wakisaka, but it doesn't really matter because whoever it was, it isn't because they're swapping drivers. There you go. Uh, starting the 51 car was Morio Nita, so I would guess that it was Shigakazu Wakisaka uh, at the wheel at that point when the car came in. That'll be its second start, won't it? So maybe yeah. handing back to Mori and Nita now. There's and a rundown of uh, as far as how, how the GT300 field looks. Car 10, the Gainer GTR GT3, having stopped on lap 23, ahead of the number 3 BMAX GTR. So Nissan from Nissan, then the Toyota Prius up to third position. The 11 Gainer Mercedes in fourth place. Another Mercedes, the Zero car, the Hatsune Miko SLS in fifth position, ahead of in sixth place the seven Studi BMW Z4, and there in shot is the zero car running in fifth place. Now this is quite an interesting one, Johnny, because I'm just looking at you, that. That was a great graphic to show how far these cars can go on an individual stint. None of them could quite do it if they make a pit stop now without making another pit stop later. So lap 58. If you're stopping now, you are probably going to have to do three stops in this race. Whereas the GT500. They're going to make two stops. But I reckon there might be a couple of GT300s out there who are going to try and two-stop this race. And that's really going to throw the cat among the pigeons. Gap between first and second place cars in GT500. Two and a half seconds now. It was 1.3 a handful of laps ago. So that might be the reason why Di Oliveira was raising the eyebrows to the camera. His car losing touch 
with the leader as into pit road comes the number 10 car from the GT300 lead. So yeah. this is Gainer blinking first as far as the second round of pit stops are concerned. Well, they did stop notably earlier than the other GTR. Bear in mind, different tyre supplier. So they did stop notably earlier for a set of tyres there. Now it's tyres and driver change for this car. So this is a scheduled stop for Gainer. Now it'll be very interesting to see that this is a free driver car as well. Yeah. So Captain Masaccio was on yeah. board, so handing over to the third driver, you would think. But they are definitely going to have a stop again. There's no way they can make the end of the race, because they've got another driver to put in the car anyway. There's no way they're going to make it to the end of the race without another stop. It's lap 67 to lap 110, it's too far. They can't make that distance. 40, 43 laps. Yeah. They can't do it. They're going to have to make another fuel and tyre stop. third stop for the 10 car. But if the B-Max car can hang out there a little longer, it probably can make it without another stop and this is crucial for the race result So you're watching what is a pivotal pit stop potentially we'll try and fit in a few more P's there, uh, for the 10 car which is now lowered down from the jacks and goes back into the race so has Katsumashi Chio stayed on board that car then you think? Or was there a driver no, change? No there was a driver well? change there. There was, yeah. okay so Ryuichi Chiro Tomita should be now on board because we've already seen an, a stint from Andre Kuto, well documented earlier on in our coverage. Katsumasa Chio gets out of the car and Rai Uichiro Tomita rejoins now. Careful not to cross the blend line and he's going to join right alongside uh, Daisuke Ito's Ooh. Petronas Tom's car. And there was the breeder. It looked like a wing mirror. Somebody dropped a wing mirror. It's neither of the two cars in front but there's a big lump of bodywork bouncing down the track as they came out of turn one. So I think either the GT500 car there, the Ferrari, or indeed this Nissan, clouted something and sent it scattering along the exit of Turn 1. It was just very momentary seeing. As we see the 11 gainer coming, yeah, the, the two gainer cars are running the same strategy, aren't they? So they say goodbye to the 10 car and welcome the 11 almost immediately, and this will presumably be a change back to Bjorn Verdheim to take the third stint for the 11 car. Does that mean it's Bjorn again? Bjorn again. Oh, sorry, I was a bit slow there. It's very early in the morning here in the UK to be able to take on board an ABBA-related joke. But very good, nevertheless. Hiranaka then getting out. And new set of Dunlops to be bolted onto that car. They're just waiting, of course, for the driver chains to take place and that fuel to go in. And the Gullwing doors opened as... Uh, Slamming shut the door is Haranaka, having strapped in Bjorn Verheim. As soon as that fuel hose is detached, they will do the tyres, and then the car will go back into the race. And here's the number seven BMW. Load of brake dust pouring off the car there as the front tyres are changed on the seven. And this is Saiji Ara handing back to German driver Jörg Müller. Well, in case people are wondering, Gainer, we're talking, we're talking about Gainer, this is this is this, the same Jim Gainer team that raced at Le Mans for many years with dome cars in LMP2, or what was it at the time, it was LMP9, then LMP675 I think it was, but the Gainer team is the same Jim Gainer team. The owner isn't called Jim Gainer. <laughs> it's, it, I can't pronounce the owner's name, I've met him, he's a very nice man, he has a very nice restaurant, but he's not called Jim Gainer. Jim Gainer is like a brand of things, and the oh, Gainer team carries on racing under this gainer name and they Got still you. have some ambitions to go back to Le Mans at some point in the distant future but nothing immediate or firm 
So can the number seven car beat the time, the pit stop time set by Gaynor? Looks like it's just going to fall short, but only by three tenths of a second. 56.5 for Gaynor and the 11 squad, 56.8 for the number seven BMW, and that uh, heads back down the fast lane and back into the race in those uh, familiar BMW colours. You said that's pretty much a works outfit for the seven it car. It is really. I mean, you look at the way they work down in the pit garages, and they say they're not a works team. Oh, do they? Yeah, they claim they're not a works team. The BMW sure claim they're not a works frankly. team. Nobody else believes them. <laughs> I don't think. I'd like to see who pays Jörg Müller's uh, paychecks for this. I think you'll find it might be paid in Munich. I just noticed from the latest graphic across the top of the screen, if you're watching the live feed, and uh, of course encouraged to do that because it's readylamont.com in sound and vision for this second round of the uh, Super GT Championship. RadioLamont.com with Nismo Eat Sleep Race Repeat on the hashtag if you're using Twitter to get involved with the conversation but the graphic uh, above the racing tells us uh, the order of the top uh, 15 cars within GT500 and up to 6th position now the 37 car it looked like for Keeper Toms so although running a very heavy car Andrea Calderelli and Rio Hirakawa working hard there to maybe get a top 5 finish in this race, a win in the opening round and on course to get to decent points for this second race of the year for the Fuji 500Ks. Uh, that's interesting. The race leader in GT300, who we're looking at at the moment, the BMAX Nissan GTR, his lap times are beginning to drift away into the 1 minute 39 freeze where he was about half a second quicker a lap than that. And that's not down to traffic, that is the tyres beginning to go off. But if this car can keep out there a little bit longer and not lose too much time it can gain a whole pit stop on the rival GTR but where is that little Toyota that is going to be the little game changer that's floating around they're not fighting each it's GTR versus GTR versus Toyota in GT300 whereas in GT500 it's GTR versus GTR for the win the other thing that the just to head back to the point about Keeper Toms they'll need to be aware of Heike Kovalainen's pace because in in seventh position within GT500 is the number 39 car, which was started by Kai Hirate and now has finished driver Kobe Linen on board. Here's the zero Mercedes from fifth position from memory in GT300. And that is the famous Hatsune, in my case, infamous Hatsune Miku SLS. Yeah. The, the, the Vocaloid. She appeared on the Letterman show. Really? <laughs> the Vocaloid appeared on the Letterman show. Wow. Which are, I think it was bizarre for everybody concerned, including the viewers. I like the fact that the roll cage matches part of the livery. I, I was thinking that. That's quite cool, the, 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 natty, the natty green roll cage. I, I, most of these GT3-based cars, you'll open them up and you've got the original body colour, body, body in white, when you open them up. Which is what you get when you buy one of these cars. But they've gone to the effort of painting the roll cage, which I like that. Nice and ah, and there's trouble for the leader. Is it? The three yes. car going slowly. Yes, yes. left front tyre is down on the GT300 leader. This will. This could see that Prius take the lead. Wow, OK. So uh, this again takes a, another... Uh, the race takes another complexion as far as the GT300 battle is concerned. I just thought that I saw a flash around for the uh, top two in the overall standings as well. But it's still about three seconds between cars 1 and 12. So the red car heading the blue car to make sure I continue Sam's analogy. And it, did it happen at turn one? Yeah, it happened at turn one again under the highest load. At that speed, the top speed of the cars, the 
force, the aero forces on the car, push, pushing down on the, the tyre. At the same time, it's spinning around faster than normal, getting hotter, and it's spits itself to bits. Now, BMAC's team were not ready for a pit stop, so this does fall into the pit window for them, but Hoshino, who's going to take back control, was sitting there with a chocolate bar in his mouth in a time, and there taking the lead is the Toyota Prius. So now the battle for this class win is going to be between a Toyota Prius and a Nissan GTR. We've seen the last couple of punctures affecting cars in this race happen towards the end of the lap. This is the worst possible position, of course, for it to happen for the number three car with uh, Takaboshi at the wheel at the moment then. And he's having to nurse that car home at a sensible speed. So John Hynoff will be happy with that, but no doubt... The Red Mist may be descending here, so eager to get the car back to pit road to get the new tyre on and the change of driver. Meanwhile, Mercedes versus BMW, an all-German affair here for 13th position in GT300. That's the rejoining Zero car, having just made a stop. And who is on board that car? It's back to Tatsuya Katayoka with the 12 kilos of ballast and straight into this battle with Jörg Müller then. So both cars have recently stopped. 13th and 14th they've run at the moment, but they have got to that extra pit stop in hand, of course. So this will work its way out to being something like a fourth or fifth place battle, I should think. Yeah, and it's going to be a good battle to watch. Now, I, I'm quite keen to see what's going on at the front of this class. I know while this is a very good battle, I just want to have an understanding of the gap between the Prius and the... Uh, the gainer cars. And the two gainer cars, yeah, because that's going to be really thrilling to watch after the next round of pit stops when the Prius has stopped. But remember, I'm pretty sure the gainer cars are going to have to stop again, you see. So we will see the gainer cars in a big lead at one point. But that little Prius, I, it's got a long, it doesn't look like it's planning to stop any time soon, you see. Yeah, that's the thing with the gainers stopping so early, I suppose. They decided to split the race three ways as opposed to the other uh, car just holding back on that first stop and thinking that they could uh, hold to hold it back to just the two stops. Jörg Müller got fully alongside the Mercedes of Ta Takaoka just a moment or two ago. Couldn't make the move stick, though. Needed to do it around the fast right-hander. And this is the BMAX car having made its way back to pit road then after that incident at turn one with the front left tyre popping. Brand new tyres on that car now. Well, Hoshino will have got into that car as well. We didn't actually see the stop, but Hoshino will almost yep. certainly be in that car. Now, that will be the last stop for that car. Now, he's going to have to recover back, but how much time will he lose compared to Hoshino? Uh, to, uh, not to Hoshino. How much time will Hoshino lose compared to the gainer cars? And can he make it from lap 74 to lap 110 without stopping for either fuel or tyres. This is going to be interesting to watch. 47 and a half seconds for the stop itself. So the car was at rest for just shy of 50 seconds. I just wonder whether they got enough fuel into that car or whether the tank simply wouldn't take any more. Do you know about tank sizes, uh, how they compare between 300 and 500? Because I just noticed the GT500 cars were doing more like a 55, 56 second lap, uh, sorry, stop as opposed to a 46, 47, 48 second stop for the GT300. But it's not just down to the tank size, it's also the consumption rate. And I don't know the consumption rate of True. the... Uh, the consumption rate in GT500 is restricted. And right. that restriction varies depending on how quick you were in the last race and how much ballast you're carrying, which gets slightly confusing. In the GT3 cars, which is what we're looking at, about the GT3 in GT300... Those fuel tanks will be the standard GT3 fuel tanks. Yep. However, do they have to put a bunch of what we call balls in the tank 
So that's always, that's how you reduce and increase tank size when you sometimes wonder, oh, they were given a different fuel tank size. They don't have to fit a new fuel tank. They put these sort of, well, I call them plastic balls. Right. Like uh, the ones you sometimes get in a washing machine and chuck those down into the into the fuel tank. I see, which obviously restricts the amount of fuel you can get in there. Exactly. Uh but I don't fuel, know the fuel, answer. <laughs> what about fuel flow rate from the pipe itself? Does that the flow rate on the? Well, of course, the size of the pipe is going to, and the pressure yeah. you put it is going to restrict the fuel going into the engine. But they're pretty much the same as G- standard GT3 cars. In fact, they yeah, are they the same. Have, in the three car. They will have brimmed it, won't they? In an effort to try and get to the finish, they must have done. Absolutely, must have had to brim that because they clearly didn't expect to stop at that point. And these two cars we're watching now haven't also haven't made that middle stop for a free stop strategy but but it won't have been an entirely empty tank because they didn't expect to stop on that lap so exactly right, it's, it's okay. going to be a I'm difficult I'm starting to understand this now yeah it's, it's going to be a difficult one I my calculation showed it would be a struggle to make it anyway on a on two stopper tank yeah right yep so there is some doubt as to whether that three car has managed to get to the crucial point in the race well, this is the. I believe this should be a routine. Yeah, it looks like a routine driver change for the wider modular NSX concept Honda. All very relaxed down there, but that's because the team are waiting for that fuel to go in. And because the tyres aren't warmed, you'll notice the mechanics just sit on them and sort of look very. Every little helps. Yeah, they look very relaxed before the tyre stops. So you just see the guy in the foreground, yep, sitting on his tyre there. there you go. Whips it out from between his legs, whacks it on, bang, and go. Yep, the and universal go. signal for <laughs> wind, get, get the ignition turned and wind up the alternator and then yep, finally the car will uh, go back into the race. More pit boards standing in pit road, I noticed, particularly for the 33 car, which is expected imminently. That's the excellence Porsche of Kenta Kamashita. And the uh, number six car was also due in. That's the Enios Lexus RCF in GT500. This is about the time we'd expect all the GT500 cars to make a stop. So it'll be quite interesting to have a look at this lead battle, which has gone out to 4.6 seconds between the two, the red car, the leading champion Nissan GTR, the Motec Autol car, yeah. and the Calsonic second position car. And there's a Ferrari in big trouble. I think Not we just saw, yet. yeah, that was the 458 with a left rig going down. Quite expected, well held actually by that driver. This is car 77, so won't be Hiroki Yoshida. It is. There's a, a graphic to answer my question. Car 77 driven by uh, Kayasuki Mineo, and that was a good save there as the left rear went pop through a very quick part of the circuit, and it would have been so so easy to lose the rear end of that 458 Italia. So well held, as Sam says, and thankfully not too far for the car to work its way back to pit road. Question is, where was the 77 car when that happened? Ah, he was coming up on that sort of twiddly bit at the end of the lap, so he's not far from the pits. So it's not going to cost him too badly. But that was one of the cars that was in contention for a podium finish in GT300. That was, that was the point I was trying yeah. to make. Yeah, not necessarily where it was on the circuit, but where it was in the race. And uh, on for potentially a podium, that will have scuppered their plans. Enios car, number six, in pit road. A little squirt of extinguisher as the exhaust got a little bit fruity. Oh, I see. I thought it was one of the, sort of a, a bit of a spray of the around the fuel area almost NASCAR style or IndyCar style but it was more to extinguish a, a little bit of a lick of flame from the exhaust pipe that's right because in NASCAR and IndyCar that's a uh, methanol f- well in, not so much from NASCAR but in uh, IndyCar that's a methanol fuel so they spray water at it to stop a fire because when it, but the methanol burns you can't see it Got so that's you. a safety thing but in these it's just running gasoline and uh, I'm guessing on the Enios car excellent Enios gasoline yes 
That's a fair assumption to make, I would have said. As Sujio Matsuda snakes his way through the chicane section to avoid, uh, if you straight line that, you can't uh, catch up time because you then have to snake your way through plastic bollards that have been laid out there. We've seen one or two incidents during this race at that point of the circuit, but more early on in the race, as far as incidents are concerned, apart from punctures, it's been a relatively quiet affair. I don't want to speak too soon, but in terms of uh, contact incidents, there have been very few of those. Now, is Heike Kovalainen going to get out of this Steam Saad Lexus? Yes, he is. Yeah, he Heike Kovalainen is only going to do a single stint, and Kohei Hirate, known GP2 driver, um, hops back into the Lexus there. So being strapped in safely as the fuel continues to go in, what sort of stop are we looking at here with 78 laps in the book? So the end is in sight and these uh, teams will have back-timed, presumably, the stop to perfection here to make sure that they can get a, fuel tank, a full tank of fuel and therefore get the car to the finish. May not need to be a full tank at this stage of the race, depending on uh, consumption, as Sam made the point earlier on. Gap between first and second place cars, 5.7 seconds now, and then a huge uh, gap of 20 seconds back to the third place, number 36 car of uh, Daisuke Ito. The 19's in as well there for, for tyres and driver change. That's the uh, Wed Sport Lexus. So for car 39, it was a stop of 55 seconds. That's about smack on for the rest of the stops in this race 55 56 seconds or so is a good one down pit road comes the number 31 car the toyota prius former uh, race leader well i think could well again become current race leader in with this battle with the gainer cars this should be the only remaining stop for the little prius there i don't think it really uses much of its hybrid system which is actually a standard production hybrid car. You know, it comes directly from the production car. Uh, different bits from different systems, and they've played with the software quite a lot, but it is still a standard production mm. hybrid on that Prius. Good advert, that, for the road car, then, to be so dominant in these uh, Super GT races, although it's the classic yin and yang of, a, of an endurance race, where the, to the Toyota's certainly been strong in the early stage of the race. Will it come good as we head towards the final 30 laps then of this race. Well, the Gainer car, the Gainer GTR, just retook the lead, but we're pretty sure it's going to have to make another pit stop before the end of the race. Even just for a splash and dash, we think it's going to need to come back, and there it is, being passed by its big brother, the S-Road Mola GTR. So new class leader in GT300 is the Leon Mercedes SLS of Nayoa Gamu. In with its Yokohama tyres. Here from third position is the very dirtied Petronas-backed 36 car, which is the Tom's RCF, and James Rossiter will take this car over from Daisuke Ito. Well, I'm not sure he will. So you reckon Ito's going to stay on board? Yeah, it looks like they're just swapping out the drinks bottles okay. rather than swapping the out the drivers. So Rossiter just with the single stint, and they're happy... The graphic tells us that Rossiter's taken over, but that's not necessarily the case, because I think you're right in that we haven't seen a driver yeah, get out. I didn't see a driver get out, and I didn't see the, the, the left-hand side door open. Mm. Well, it's a decision to be made, of course, because if you've got two drivers allocated to your car, which the 36 team certainly do have, you can either go with driver A for the opening stint. Oh, the, the uh, fuel man was yanked back there, so they know how much fuel needs to go into that car, and it wasn't a, fuel ta a full tank, clearly. 
But yeah, driver A can do your opening stint, then you can go with driver B for the other two stints. Or of course you could have driver A top and tail the race with driver B doing the middle stint. But it looks like Daisuke Ito will wait and see what the graphic says once the car rejoins, because presumably they'll have their own independent Yeah, they've got uh, the transponders transponder. like you have in, in Le Mans. Now we've got the leader in the pits at the moment. That mm. is for a driver change. Yep, so Sushio Matsuda handing back to Ronnie Quintarelli, who started the race. The Italian then will take this car to the finish. 30 laps. Certainly you're able to do that on a tank of fuel. Yeah, this is this is this is the, the this is a crucial pit stop actually because we will see this red Nissan GTR take come back onto the circuit. Now he will be, as he comes back without the tire warmers on the on these tires, will be slower, much slower than the Calsonic car, which is out on track. So Calsonic car has now taken the lead, but will be due the next lap or the lap after in the pits, and then it's a straight fight to the finish. Massive burnout there for the number one car of Ronnie Quintarelli, just foot almost nailed to the floor, and in some championships you are penalised for spinning the tyres. Presumably not within this. Well, no, it's the only way you can get your tyres warm in this. Oh, I see, yeah, of course. Two... Uh, uh, very wide tram lines left there by the number one Motul uh, Nissan GTR. And here comes second position into the pit, so this is crucial. And this tight pit lane entry, whereby you have to snake from right to left to get the car into pit lane for the number 12 car and get it slowed to the pit lane speed limit in time, which it looked like Hironobu Yasuda did to perfection there. And there is a driver change as João Paulo de Oliveira gets back on board. So the Brazilian will take this car to the finish. This is lap 81 for car 12. And fuel going in. Again, this will have to be measured to perfection. They don't necessarily need a full tank of fuel. Meanwhile, the Honda CRZ makes a stop for GT300. A little top off of oil by the look of it into the engine. That's the little red bottle you see as the mechanic by the right front of the driver's compartment goes in with that little red bottle. He's poking it in, dumping a little bit of, topping it up with oil into that, well, Mobile One oil into that Nissan GTR engine. Now let's see where they come out on track. Well, we've also got that struggling uh, BMAX GTR. We haven't seen how he rejoined and where he rejoined. He was in eighth, I think, on that screen. But that's all out of sequence with the pit stops. Now this is crucial. The blue Calsonic GTR is leaving pit lane, look back and there you will just see, there he is pointing his nose out and the lights bright away is the red Motec auto car, no contest, back in the lead. Absolutely no contest because the 12 car is on cold tyres as well, can it get it stopped without taking out the number 11 gainer Mercedes, yes just about but that was touch and go for João Paulo de Oliveira, I think he just about knew where the Mercedes was and de Oliveira might be able to match Quintarelli on pace once those tyres get up to temperature but it's going to take a bit of time as the, uh, I noticed the, the front splitter there of the number one car grounding out, bottoming out and creating sparks which is uh, rather dramatic for the lead car, retaking the lead. as a car squirming from left to right there down pit road, rejoining the race. Is that an issue for that Honda? No, it's got back up to speed now and gets back into the race after its recent pit stop. There's the number three. Where is it in the overall standings then, the GT300 class? It's a class led by the 65 black Mercedes from Leon. And the three car currently running in seventh position, the B-Max GTR, just ahead of the Hatsune Miku 
Mercedes. Just just looking at the graphic we had on our screen, for those looking, the little blue blob next to the number of laps or the di- or the gap is the number of pit stops made. Now, any sorry for a second there, but I think I might be right in saying this. The Leon SLS, the black Mercedes, that's leading the GT300 class race at the moment, yep. has only stopped once. Yep. So that yep. is a really long middle stint that he's making. It was a, a very late stopper, I remember. So it's gone as far as it can on the envelope in the opening stint. We'll do likewise for stint two, and then we'll need, relatively speaking, a splash to the end. Well, there's somebody who's not going to get a splash to the end. It looks like they've splashed off the side of the track. It's <laughs> one of the GTRs. It's not one of the front-running GTRs, I have to say. That is the number 48 car, which is the white GTR. <laughs> <laughs> Narrowing it down there. Yeah, car 48 with problems at the side of the road, sad to say. Mercedes versus BMW. Well, this battle's been raging on for at least the last 10 laps or so. Car 48 is the Dijon Racing GTR, isn't it? Uh, that was started by Hiroshi Takamori. And also part of that lineup, Masaki Tanaka and Yusaku uh, Shibata. Well, we were talking tires, but sadly parked up the side of the road, Sam. Well, yeah, we were talking about the cars that had gone a long way, the BRZ and the uh, Mercedes, Leon Mercedes. Well, they're both now in the pits for fuel, tires, and driver change. So we should now get a slightly clearer picture of what's going on in GT300. Now, what I'm expecting to see is a big lead from the two gainer cars, but they are going to stop again, I think. But I'm not sure now, and I think that's what the conversation is going to be had in the pit lane right now. Mm. It's particularly if you're in that uh, Toyota, Toyota APR garage with the, the little Prius, you're going to be saying, are they going to stop again or are they not? If you go on how long this Mercedes, the one we're looking at right now on the live feed, 65, how long that could go during stint one, then you have to assume that car 11, also a Mercedes SLS, can go the same length of time but on stint three, and they've kind of flipped it around within game, haven't they? They've decided to go for a relatively short first stint and then a super long third stint, perhaps. The thing about the gainers, the gainers are on Dunlop tyres. Both the gainer cars are on Dunlop tyres. And this, these cars that are going long, well, the, the Leon car anyway, is on Yokohama's. Yep. The Subaru, I believe, is on Michelin's. Or, you know, is, is he also on Dunlop's? No, he's on Dunlop's by the look of it. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, car 61 with, now, I reckon, Takuto... Iguchi back on board that Subaru BRZ. Just seen a stint from Hideki Yamauchi in that uh, petrol blue car. So back to the original driver in that two-driver lineup. Jörg Muller, we know, is in the seven and fighting hard with Tatsuya Kataoka in car number zero, the Good Smile Hatsune Miko SLS. Again, nose to tail, less than a car length between them. And we have seen, uh, certainly... Jörg Müller get alongside the Zero Mercedes earlier on in this stint. Not sure whether it's happened again. Very dusty once more around this part of the circuit as more and more dirt and debris is brought onto the circuit, making it... Oh, well, there's contact there between the Subaru and the Zero Mercedes. Good little bit of lapery there taking the opportunity, but the Subaru slamming into the back of the Mercedes there as it just was a bit slow on the exit and also trying to get by is uh, the Audi R8, it looks like. No, that's that's one of the NSXs. That's the, white, is, that's the, that's the, Drago, <laughs> modu- the Drago car. That's why it was so quick compared to the GT3 cars. Yeah, one of the GT500 cars. It does look a bit like an R8 it, from a distance, it, well, doesn't I, it? Yeah. What it looked like was a was a Flying Lizards almost type livery. <laughs> I don't think they're in this championship. <laughs> that would be really confusing if they suddenly appeared. <laughs> Out of nowhere. 
Hang on a minute, boys. I know this is a good race, but to join it two-thirds of the way through... Uh, no, you're quite right. It was a GT500 car that was able to uh, make use of its extra horsepower through the twisty bits. And now onto this long straight, which starts and ends the lap. But that, uh, that VRZ shouldn't really be getting that physical of the fronts of cars because, quite simply, because it's a JAF GT300 spec car, it's not as strong as the production-based GT3 cars, so it shouldn't really be bumping and boring. Now, here we are. Now, I spotted this earlier, that the Prius on the pit stops had managed, or even just on track speed, had managed to split the two gainer cars. Now, it's got that Mercedes that it was battling with earlier behind it, while the, the GTR is a little way down the road. But, again, I'll say it again, I'll keep saying it, they're going to have to stop again. But the, right now, the Mercedes is quicker than the Prius, suggesting maybe it's got a lighter fuel load. Yes, and even without or even with that boost that the hybrid system on board the Toyota is able to give the uh, Prius looks like the Mercedes can match that car certainly down the start finish line there was a car in the background peeling off to make a stop so second place for the Toyota Saga at the wheel Bjorn Verheim we know back inside the 11 gainer Mercedes in third position the Ferrari not in the equation not on the lead lap because it had to make that extra stop to change the left rear tyre that went bang rather spectacularly, although good car control, as we remarked at the time. And car 55 going into the garage. That is the Autobac CR CRZ. Now, it's not been a big feature of this race, unfortunately, that little, that other little hybrid in the championship. There are two of those cars in existence. There is a moving car as well. We haven't seen that out in this race or for a while now, but I wouldn't be too surprised to see that moving car reappear at some of the later races, perhaps almost certainly Mategi. I think I'm right in saying the car 55 has led the race but only on the pit stop cycles as there's almost contact there between the second and third place cars Mercedes having to take well and truly to the kerbs to avoid front end contact and that was a little bit of a think about a move from Bjorn Vernheim on the Toyota Prius which maybe is struggling for pace just because you reckon it's a heavier car. Oh, the, the, the Prius has been on track for a lot less time than that Gainer yeah. Mercedes. I mean, 10 laps less. So I suspect the Gainer car is coming into that sweet spot where the tyres are working right and the fuel level's coming down. So he, Bjorn Verheim at the wheel as well. He of Monaco Grand Prix, or Monaco Formula 3000 not winning it fame, um, is just closing up relentlessly on the Toyota. But the Toyota has just got that electric boost which will be exactly the same every single lap and it makes it really hard to overtake that's what makes this racing so good it, it doesn't half very much so just a touch wide there for the Toyota Prius missing the clipping point for Saga and did that to give you an opportunity for Bjorn Verheim who wasn't quite close enough to capitalise the S-Road car is in pit lane the Nissan GTR now it looks like routine, but I think we've seen rather too much of this car in the pit lane. I've got a feeling this might be its third time in as the Autobacks GT500 car, which has definitely been in a, a couple of times unscheduled, is back again for a scheduled stop and driver change. Yep, so I think that'll be Kasuke Matsura getting back on board the 8 car, having just had a stint from Tomoki Nojira. Running rather heavy, that car, having got a fourth place in the opening round of the championship. This is the 2015 Super GT series, by the way. RadioLeMond.com, powered by Nismo. Eat, sleep, race, repeat. And 
and it's Sam Collins of Race Car Engineering and myself, Johnny Palmer, taking you through the Fuji 500Ks. This is the second round of an eight-round series and GT500 still headed by the Dunlop Shod 10 car from Gainer Motorsport, uh, GTR Nissan uh, leading the way then from Toyota Prius car 31 and the other Gainer car which is being lapped by car 36, the Petronas Lexus. So it is Gainer from APR GT and their Prius and then the other Gainer car. Remember that Gainer have a Nissan and a Mercedes and it's the Nissan that's better placed leading this race currently. And the battle we remain focused on is the scrap for second and third within GT500 which is... Uh, opening up now to almost a second so it was two tenths at one time then opened up massively to nine tenths of a second and it's remained relatively constant actually ever since then over the line 1.1 seconds at the sector one split in fact well it's just uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to calculate the strategies in my head at the moment for these GT300 cars because this is turning into a quite a close run thing now you see there's a 37 second gap between the leading Nissan and the Toyota Prius in GT300. Pit stop we were we worked out takes about 55 seconds, doesn't it? So it's not enough for the gainer car to hold onto the lead if he stops, but that could relegate him back to as far back as fourth or fifth, meaning you've got the Prius in the lead, then a, then a gainer car. If that second gainer car, Mercedes, doesn't also have to make an additional stop. So I'm trying to calculate who's going to be brought up into second and third positions because the cars before have both had troubles. 22 laps or thereabouts still to go and a number of questions that still need answering including how many of these cars still require another stop to get them to the finish this is a situation we've become used to over recent laps the zero Mercedes ahead of the seven BMW Jürg Müller still can't find a way by the zero car of Tatsuya Kataoka oh, I think this might be turning into the battle I was just talking about, Johnny. This, this might be the battle for podium positions. So fifth place at the moment, but if the two gainer cars ahead need to come in for another stop, that will promote them by two places. So fifth will become third, and sixth will become fourth. But hanging around in the back of that two-car battle is the black Leon Mercedes SLS, and it looks like battle's about to be joined, and that BMW is about to be the meat in a Mercedes sandwich. Yeah. Certainly uh, closing in is the black Leon car then and looking that little bit quicker on fresher tyres. It's a heavier car, but nevertheless the Dunlop rubber. Is this Dunlop, isn't it, for Leon? Uh, no, it's Yokohama. I beg your pardon. I saw that yellow flash on the windscreen strip and got a bit confused there. Yokohama tyres, so at their home race, that Mercedes going very strongly indeed. About to be lapped by the overall race leader, charging its way down towards turn one, Ronnie Quintarelli. He hasn't really looked back from, from the start of this race, actually. Um, has, well, neither Quintarelli or his teammates uh, have looked back at all in the, the championship-leading uh, Motel Ortec GTR, which is Suyo Matsuda and Ronnie Quintarelli, as we've mentioned. Uh, but they, from, from the first corner, I mean, that car's just essentially driven away. Qualifying, they were super quick, super strong. The CalSonic car has put up a very good sort of challenge to it throughout the race but the gap now has opened out for 12.2 seconds and I'm not sure that there's going to be enough of tyre degradation from the Ortec car that it will see that gap come down too much The car we've not mentioned an awful lot about is the one sat in fourth position right now for 
Kai-In Real Racing, their Honda NSX GT, still running fourth with Kudai Tsukakoshi at the wheel. Tsukakoshi's been doing a good job. It's been a relatively quiet race for him. Hideki Muto needs a mention as well for doing the middle stint. So they're on course for a top four finish as the number one car, Quintarelli, ducks around the Gainer Mercedes there to make sure it's lapped way before the line. Now people are wondering, just watching these GT500 cars slicing through the GT300 field, what that would mean in sort of European or North American racing terms. Well, it'd be like throwing a Toyota TSO 040 LMP1 car onto the Blanc Pan endurance grid. And that's uh, that's pretty much that's what you're looking at. Seeing, actually. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the speed differential when you put it like that is quite incredible. Uh, when you consider one of these GT500 cars can lap, can you say quicker than a P1 car? They can't. Well, it, yeah, it, basing basing on 2014 lap times at the same circuit, right. Fuji Speedway, yeah. the, the the GT500 cars would be in contention for the outright victory in the Fuji 6 hours here in the Fuji 500 kilometers which is a three and a bit hour race we're having a good look at the difference between the two two mm. race leaders both of them Nissan Nismo GTRs but very different types of Nissan Nismo GTR now you can see how much lower and purposeful the car on the left is the GT500 car. The car on your right of your screen is the GT FIA GT3 spec car running in GT300. That's that's got bits on it that you can go down to your Nissan showroom if it's one of the performance showrooms anyway and buy. You can't buy the big rear wing and you can't buy some of the the aero parts on it. Though I'm pretty sure some of them aren't road legal. The ones that are, I'm pretty sure you can buy from tuners or you can buy directly from Nismo themselves. I think. Uh, whereas the one on the left, you can't buy any of. <laughs> yeah, that is thoroughbred sports car uh, or beyond sports car rating almost it's um, yeah, t the connection between the road counterpart and this that you can see on the live feed now uh, well there is no connection virtually it looks a bit the same but uh, everything has been turned into purebred race car and they are so so quick do you know what I'd like to see on this TV? I mean, I'm saying this sort of go on I would like to see a on track comparison between your production Nis Nissan Nismo GTR mm -hmm. that you can go down the showroom and buy, the GT3 car, which if you've got the money you can just go and buy, and the GT500 car, and then, of course, big Godzilla himself, the Nissan GTR LM, which is the one we haven't seen outside of the USA. Yes. We haven't seen outside of captivity yet. We will see that for the first time in Le Mans next month, and I can't wait to see that. You're going to be there, aren't you? I'll be at Le Mans, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. to witness that, uh, yeah, the, the unveiling of the Nissan. It was at Silverstone, of course, on display for the opening round of the World Endurance Championship, but there are so many uh, questions regarding that car in terms of its... Um, it was such an interesting interpretation of the rules of the World Endurance Championship, and that's a, a great way of kind of offering support towards that championship in terms of you know, being able to bring new technical advances to it. Front engines and having uh, front wheels larger than the rear wheels. Yeah, that, I mean, that's front an interesting... Front wheel drive, one. it's just, yeah. Well, I know I know some of the stuff that Nismo TV's got planned for that race, for, for the Le Mans 24 hours, and some of it's going to be pretty pretty special. I mean, Nissan have not been backwards in coming forwards with the technical information on this car. They've, you know, the car failed a crash test, and they've, they've made that clear and explained why and, sh and talked in great detail about it. Well, I know for Le Mans, they're going to have a feed from the pit garage showing you pretty much everything that's going on. So if they do have troubles in the race, and bear in mind Darren Cox has said he expects one of the cars to finish, 
it's going to be a fantastic thing to watch. You know, it, it will be a great Le Mans 24 hours in so many ways this year. So, but right now we have a great series here. Almost none of these cars could com contest the Le Mans 24 hours. I think none of them could contest the Le Mans 24 hours. And I think that's a crying shame, particularly when you look at the con competitiveness of this GT300 class, where we have that Leon SLS now joining the battle with the BMW Z4 and the Hakuni Miku SLS, and also those GT500 cars, which really should be racing in Le Mans, in my opinion. You need to have a word with, uh, with Darren Cox, perhaps, or other people uh, within... I know, I know Masaki Bando, who is the boss go. of Super GT has had a good long number of words with uh, Mr. Fion, the boss of the ACO. Unfortunately, they were unsuccessful. Well, uh, yeah, at least the initial meeting has happened. You never know what that might uh, lead to. Zero car, still trying to fend off the advances of the seven BMW Z4 and also that Leon Mercedes waiting in the wings to try and pick off the places. And uh, there's still a question about how long the gainer cars can stay out for. This is lap 93, so 17 laps to go including this one and we expect Sam expects more stops from the 10 and the 11 cars they pitted so early on in this race surely they can't make it a two stopper their tyres will be rooted there yeah. just won't be any tyres left and actually is this one of the, is this this now is that the gainer car or the very similar looking SLS that's a lap down I think it is yeah there is a, there is a there is another SLS in this race that looks very like a gainer car. I don't know, is that the 11 car? I don't... Maybe, maybe that is right. a, No, that is a gainer car, that, that SLS. Mm, it is. And being overtaken by the Zero. Well, that's... Um, so is that a tyre issue? If they're pushing the envelope on this final stint... Well, it's got an awfully long way to go. You're right. 17 laps. And if the Dunlops are struggling at this stage, then this almost cements the fact that they've got to come in for a final stop. Well, if it's too late now, I mean, he's gone. He's Even out of contention now with well, those, so. those other cars that don't have to stop in front of him. Well, we kind of knew that anyway. If they were going to come in for another stop, they, they weren't going to be in contention for at least a top five finish. And now there goes the Leon car through as well. So all of a sudden, the 11 Mercedes overtaken by the zero Mercedes, the seven BMW and the 65 Mercedes. No, there, there is the gain of... See, so that was the other gainer car with the red strip on. The other gainer Mercedes with the red strip on that we saw falling backwards. There is the yellow gainer behind the Toyota exactly where he should be. So you said, you talked about another gainer Mercedes that would confuse us. It's done absolutely that. Yes, it is the RN Sport 24 gainer SLS, which is Ueda, Saruta uh, and yes. the Ikegami. One, the treble one car as opposed to the double one car. Yes. Which does have some gainer stickers on it, but it's not an out-and-out -out gainer car, presumably. The RN Sports gainer SLS. So 11 car is still running in the top three as we speak and there it is in fact being lapped now by one of the GT500 cars is that the 38 Zent car back on the track? yeah the Zent car is still out there he came back a while ago but he lost a lot of time now he's got that Prius hasn't really run away from the front of that gain of Mercedes but I think they may they may be sitting there thinking well there's no point in fighting him if he has to stop again and we that's don't true need, we don't yeah. need to worry too much about so Saga's sitting there saying now is Vertheim going to come and race me for the podium or is he racing a bunch of cars behind me and am I in clear air and leading this class by quite a nice margin yep uh, with 16 laps to go so still lots to unfold in this race including who is going to finish on the podium within GT300 there is still a big question mark as far as that's concerned 
we don't expect the current leader and the current third place car to be able to make it to the finish. The one car, though, at the lead of the GT500 class is going super strong. Ronnie Quintarelli and a great middle stint from Sujio Matsuda has put that car in the box seat, leading by 12.4 seconds now from the 12 Calsonic Impul Nissan GTR. So it's Nissan from Nissan from Lexus with Petronas Tom's RCF in third position as it's been pretty much all race. Started fourth, made the move into turn one, I think, on the opening lap. James Rossiter did not waste any time getting ahead of the 38 car, which was the Zent machine, actually, at the time. And the Petronas back car has stayed there ever since. Oh, I'm just having a... Yeah, it's, it's, I'm just reading through the social media, and there's, there's certainly some excitement about what, what Nismo TV's got coming up for Le Mans. As they say, there, there's going to be the full details coming out well, when Nismo TV get them out. So I'm not quite sure of the detail of that, but I have seen some of the... The staff of Nismo TV, and I know where they've been heading recently, and I know what they've been filming, and it's it's going to be worth watching certainly. And I know what they are planning to do for some of the race, and it's yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Um, these cars, though, this battle is. I'm just, I'm just trying to calculate if the SLS didn't, you know, that's sitting there in third position, didn't stop again. He's, he's going to be in a strong position. Yes, but. Well, that's the, that's the element of doubt that's still very much incorporated yeah. into this race. I mean, those Dunlops will be thrashed by the end of it. You'd you expect them to stop about now. Look, there's the BMAX GTR that was in contention for the class lead. Now, where is he running in fourth position? So he could then be elevated up to second, despite the tyre failure that he had. Yes, good point. We really thought that the three car would be out of the equation. But, but he then did stop early, so we're not sure he can go the distance on the fuel or the tyres. Well, well, well. OK, so... But that, that Prius, that Prius is struggling. The Prius is struggling. The Prius I is thought, definitely struggling. Yeah, I thought it was offline through the chicane section of the lap, sort of two-thirds of the way round, and just wonder whether that was just a very slight error. 40 seconds the gap between the Prius and the 10 gain a Mercedes, gain a Nissan and then the gain of Mercedes tucked in behind as the 24 car goes right around the outside there, that's uh, Daiki Sasaki back on board the 24 car after the middle stint from Lucas Ordonez dust being kicked up, that doesn't seem to be affecting the grip levels though through that right hander, that's been happening all race and uh, yeah, it's been suggested on, 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 the, uh, on the chat mm. on, on YouTube here that uh, the Prius tyres are going off and I, from what I'm looking at I'm not going to disagree with that but at the same time it's still 14 laps to go Heavy car of course with the extra 40 kilos after the opening round victory for the Toyota Prius APR GT car running on Bridgestones and at the moment at this in this phase of the race the Dunlops do seem to be better adapted maybe the, uh, they haven't reached the drop off point that perhaps the Bridgestones have underneath the Toyota but it could be one of those. I mean, tire life isn't like a. It's not a straight line. It goes up and down. So they could be going through a difficult phase and then come back to the. Yeah. Come back to the car and suddenly improve a lot. But as we look, the B Max GT3, the car that we saw have problems earlier in the race, the GTR, is beginning to take time out of the Gainer SLS. He's closing down. You'll see him in the background there in a second. He is closing down that gap. I think the gainer Mercedes had an opportunity there to get by the Toyota Prius. Just went out of shot at the crucial moment, but did the 11 car get through? No, it didn't. 
got a hint of an overlap on the Toyota Prius of Koki Saga. And again, not quite on the racing line there, just about half a lane off it. And again on the entrance to that left-hander as well, where the door is left slightly ajar, tantalising for the driver of the number 11, Bjorn Verheim, maybe to just stick that long nose of the Mercedes up the inside, but he doesn't want to have uh, the front end of that car ripped off if the Toyota turns in, so needs to be rather ginger with this and maybe just allow the race to come to the Swede. But then, of course, you've also got that question about does the Swede need to stop again for a quick uh, splash, but also to get new tyres? Well, I'm beginning to wonder if both of them need to stop again. OK. So potentially the, the current top three might not be the top three at the end of the race. Exactly. With 12 laps to go. Yeah, and we don't know what's going on with that battle of the BMW and the Mercedes and the Mercedes. <laughs> so although the GT500 battle has well and truly settled down for my money and the gap of 12, 13 seconds between 1 and 12 not likely to change, so we expect a victory if things unfold as they have done for Sugio Matsuda and Ronnie Quintarelli. I haven't got a clue what's going to happen within GT300 with 11, 12 laps to go. Saga on board the Toyota Prius, Verdheim in the Mercedes, and a big squirm there and couldn't get the car stopped. That's tyres. That's definitely tyres, yeah. The, the Mercedes are now struggling on the tyres as well. Now, one of the things, I've just seen it on the, the YouTube chat, and I haven't seen it on the screen, but it's probably right, is that we may have lost another one of the mother chassis GT86s that's been circulating. Now, these are the new cars in for 2015 season, and you know what? In the They didn't prove particularly competitive in Mokoyama, and I'm getting the impression that they're they're not really strong enough for these longer races. These new they're supposed to be low cost GT300 cars, cheaper than GT3, cheaper than the Jaffa rules cars. It just doesn't look like they're quite there yet. They're powered by a Nissan GTR engine, so it's not that bit that broke. Obviously, mm. um, the chassis is a dome uh, chassis, same same company that makes the LMP2 cars yeah. and used to make all of the. Uh, the GT500 chassis, so that has changed in recent years, though it is still a dome-modified version of a, GT, a DTM chassis in these cars. It, it, these new mother chassis cars, they promised a lot, and they look great, Lotus Evora particularly, they just haven't delivered on the reliability or the pace yet, so I think there's still work to do there from GTA, who are sorting those cars out. But GT300 really is a cracking battle right now. Now, the Hatsune Miku SLS is getting close. It's, it's all closing up at the front. Within 300. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And how long can the 10 car stay out in front, you have to ask? Uh, Ryuichiro uh, Tomita currently at the wheel of that Gainer Nissan GTR GT3. Dunlop tyres, as we've said. Second place in class is the Toyota with its Bridgestones. And third place, the 11 car the Mercedes, the silver or grey machine with its Dunlop tyres. Meanwhile, Ronnie Quintarelli is focusing on the end of this race, just another 11 laps to go, and with a 13.5-second lead, can just have a leisurely Sunday drive here to the end of the, uh, end of the race. He knows that motor car has good pace and uh, just needs to drive within himself, I suppose, to get to the end. 13.6 seconds the last time the gap was measured back to car 12. On course for a decent points haul, though, for second position. And third place still well and truly in the hands of the Toms squad, with Daisuko Ito having done a great middle stint and James Rossiter 
we didn't ever did get to the bottom of whether it's Rosses or I. No, we never did. Well, I guess we'll discover when, when the race finishes. But yeah. I mean, to be honest, Quintarelli and, and Matsuda have driven another fantastic race. You can see why they're reigning champions, and they've really earned their beer and noodles tonight. But the for me now, this race is all about GT300. Mm. And, you know, there's speculation that, you know, with only 11, 10, 11 laps, race, 10 laps left of this race, can that 10 car really stay out that long? I have no idea. <laughs> every time it goes past the pitch, you think, right, staying out for another lap. It's going to be on fumes and canvas at the end. <laughs> well, 100 laps up, so that's a significant milestone. Just 10 to go for the 10 car and also for the 31 and the 11 and we're just not sure on any of those three as to whether they've got enough fuel on board a and indeed enough tyre below the car to get to the finish Dunlops versus Bridgestones Dunlops first and third Bridgestones the meat and the sandwich in second position and does the car in fourth position therefore hold all the cards and just has to sit there in fourth to eventually take the race win is uh, it's just looking at that the dirtiness the, the track gunk we were talking about earlier yeah. on the Petronas Lexus there, it's it's dirtier on one side than the other, and I was wondering why. I think it's down to the fact that the exhaust is only on one side on these four-cylinder engines. There we are. Could be an answer. Ryuchiro Tomita stays on board the ten car. Then it's running first in GT three hundred. And it has a lead of 40 seconds near enough back to the Toyota Prius. Much, much closer between the Prius and the second gainer car. As we know, been focusing on that battle quite a bit during this race. There is the 17 machine, the one that we've not mentioned an awful lot about. Running in fourth position with Kudai Tsukakoshi at the wheel of that best-placed Honda. The NSX GT in fourth position. Nose to tail again for second and third. They're still staying out, Sam. Yeah, I know. It looks like I'm, I'm beginning to think there's not going to be an extra stop. If there is a stop for these gainer cars, it's going to be a splash and dash, that's all. I don't think they're going to bother changing the tyres because the, the, they're not dropping off on pace enough to make it worth it. If not, and around the outside. Wow. And, <laughs> well, and the little Toyota isn't happy with that. He's having a nibble on the back of that Mercedes. He's having a big bite at the back of that Mercedes now. Oh, oh and bang, bang. Now, I told you they could bang doors here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was more than a bite. That was a shoulder barge from both leaning on each other, and the Toyota's uh, run wide. Oh, no, that's going to be a... I, mm, yeah, race so, control's going to be having a word, I well, think. I'm not sure whether that was a result of the contact or whether those bridge are saying, I can't do this race anymore. Nine laps to go. You're having a laugh. Whereas the Dunlops are almost in their element. And on the Pratt perch there, Hironaka <laughs> couldn't be happier because the 11 car gets the place and Gainer could be on course here for a 1-2 in GT300. Well, I think that I'm now beginning to think they are because Hironaka does not look like a man who's worried about his team's performance. This has been a great strategic call by the Gainer team to stop how their pit strategy has been fantastic, frankly. And the three car and the three squad may have thought, hey, if we hang around here, boys, we might get a race win, just uh, loitering in fourth position. Well, BMAX might have to think again now. Will the three cars manage, uh, up ahead of it, manage to get to the finish? Well, it doesn't matter, I don't think, uh, Johnny, because the uh, Toyota executives look like they're going to get very disappointed. That gap has nearly halved between the Prius and the BMAX in, in recent times. It's coming right down because of that bumping and boring and running mm. off the track. The BMAX car is now hunting down that little Toyota. Yep, certainly is, so maybe able to get onto the podium 
uh, on its own merit and not have to wait for uh, a pit stopper up ahead. Still nine to go. Surely that will change to eight in a moment. Just waiting for the race leader to cross the strike, break the beam and make it eight laps to go now. 15.8 seconds is the gap back to car 12. So that gap continues to grow. Ronnie Quintarelli not resting on his laurels, in fact, and still pushing on. That's, That's a, a new fastest lap there for the lap. B-Max car. Is that within the whole GT300 class? I believe so, yeah. Wow. yeah 138.6, okay. which is the fastest we've seen. And he is on a... Well, he's clearly on a mission now. The tyres on that GTR are working better than anything else in his class. And, well, giving the Enios RCF a hard time about getting by, but the Enios car isn't really a feat figure of the overall battle in GT500 anyway, whereas this B-Max car is a factor in the GT500, GT300 uh, class as well. When we look back, you'll see a blue GTR. That's not in contention for very much in this race, but this B-Max car, the one you're looking at, is really going to be a hot ticket for the end. Well, it's going to be a bit of a grandstand finish, I think. I think you're right. With Koki Saka... Uh, under pressure here by the number three car, which has just set the best GT300 lap time of the whole field of GT300 on lap 92. And the gap is now down to 3.7 seconds. You can see it there on the shot through the final corner as the Toyota Prius feeling the pressure from car three looming large in the mirrors. The BMAX NDDP Nissan GTR of Kazuki Hoshino and Mitsunori Takaboshi. And NDDP, in case you're wondering, is a Nissan driver development program. Uh, it's the are. Japanese version of the GT Academy, and it involves less computer games. <laughs> and less successful drivers, I have to say. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Fewer successful drivers. 3.3 seconds is the gap now. It's come down four tenths in the space of a sector, and a further tenth of a second found from the control line through to sector one. Meantime, one of the low-slung Nissan GTRs from GT500 class zipping by, just showing you the speed differential through a corner, that was. No contest whatsoever between 500 and 300. This is... Uh, this, this is... This is, this is the, yeah, I mean, the, the Hasumi-san there, he's sitting there, his, his, his actions, his, his posture on the pit wall there really sums up the, the feeling of this race right now, is... What is going to happen? This B-Max car is, is absolutely on? flying up to the back. Now, how far can he go? He's going to get third. He's definitely going to get third. Can yeah. he get second? Uh, that's a good question. Depends how far up the road the number 11 Mercedes has gone. I, I don't think so. I'm just, I wonder whether the lap times comparing the 3 to the 11 might be fairly similar. Where's the Mercedes? Just going through there. So it is, it is being caught. Seven to go. It's enough, isn't it? It'll be less than that for the GT300 cars, of course, because the 500's lapping far, far quicker. It depends how much time he's got to to get past the, the little Toyota there. That, that's proven to be quite a tricky thing to get past of its its power usage. Yeah, but good point. Two seconds, the margin now, so certainly catching at a very high rate of knots, but you sense that the pilot of the... <laughs> what was that? That was Hasimi telling him to hurry up. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's doing that, to be honest. I think he's pedalling that car as quickly as he, as he can. But the driver of the 31 car uh, certainly sensing the pressure here. And 
with six laps to go for the quick cars, that might actually translate as only five or even four laps for these GT300 machines. 1.7 seconds is the gap, so car three on course for a podium. There are surely enough laps left for a move to be made. And there's the 11 car, actually. So it had got uh, far, no. quite as far ahead of the 31 as I'd thought, unless the performance of the 11 Mercedes is starting to tail off now as well. That The performance of the gainer GTR, there it is, with damage. Oh, yes. The race leader has damage, quite substantial damage. So he's, he's had a coming together with something somewhere. But he's also got a 40-second lead, but that big lump of bodywork hanging on. Now, how much time is that going to cost him? And will the race officials let him run around like that? Andre Couto is the man back on board the number 10 car. Yeah, it's hitting his lap time. Yes, he can. 141.4, dropping off from the 139s as an average lap time. So losing a couple of seconds a lap. This again is going to play into, you sense, BMAX squad more than anybody else. BMAX certainly catching that... Uh, Toyota Prius that you can see in the uh, front of your shot going through turn one and here comes the uh, sitting just behind the BMAX car there is the second position car overall another GTR the blue Calsonic car and the S-Road um, GTR back there now I think that car lost a lot of ground yeah he's back in 10th place in a lap down as well but yeah looking at the damage on the number 10 car will they will they pit to fix it and whack in just that little bit of fuel. They're not going to change tyres now. They haven't got time. Also depends whether they're going to get a mechanical warning flag for that bit of bodywork that is hanging loose on safety grounds. The black flag with the orange dot. No it, indication it se yet. It seems fairly solidly attached yeah. still. Yeah. I mean, it's not flapping around, but something that really is solidly attached is the, is the cord that links that little Prius to that B-Max GTR, and it's getting tighter every lap. Five to go for the GT500 leaders into the penultimate corner then for this battle involving second, third and fourth place cars in GT300. Mercedes from Toyota, from Nissan. They're all caught up behind one of uh, the GT500 machines so they won't be caught up for very long as they work their way onto the straight and the 500 car comes into its own. Bjorn Verheim from Saga, from Hoshina. Second, third and fourth. Uh, which gainer car is that? That's the yellow sticker gainer car. Yeah, that's the 11. Yeah, so he's, he's going to be... Yeah, BMAX is going to be... Uh, BMAX GTR is, is, is looking to make second position this lap. Now, what you have here is you have a uh, road car-derived GT car taking on a purpose-built racing car with an LMP1 engine in the back of it. That's the RV8K Le Mans engine that used to be used by the Rebellion team. And in front of that, you have another road car-derived race, uh, racing car. So is this an opportunity for Kokisaka, or for Hoshina rather, to make the move on Kokisaka? With Kazuki having a look to the left and having a look to the right, there's almost an opportunity, but Kokisaka manages to uh, head him off at the pass, as it were, and block off that line. But this time there is an overlap for the big Nissan to maybe work its way around the outside of the Toyota Prius. Can he make it stick? The next corner's a right-hander, but they've got to get head into the braking area first, and better on the yeah. brakes is the big Nissan. Looks to be the heavier car, but in fact, of course, the uh, little Toyota Prius carrying that extra 40 kilos of weight. 
and the BMAX car makes his way into third position. And that's just the start, you sense, because the gainer Mercedes in second position, just at, what, four car lengths further up the, the road? Exactly. I mean, the gainer Mercedes is really struggling. And look, and that is the reaction there from the gainer team. They know it. They know that they cannot beat this BMAX GTR. And it's going to be a Nissan 1 2 in both classes. You reckon so? Okay. Well, here's, here's one for, for, for people listening at home and watching at home. When was the last time a manufacturer in Super GT got a 1 2 in both, both classes? classes? Mm. Now, I don't know the answer to that. Good question. Clearly, the Nissan is the car to have here at Fuji for the 500Ks in 2015 because here comes the big number three car of Hoshina lining up Bjorn Verdheim, who breaks as late as possible. Can he get the car turned in? He runs out. The car washes out, in fact, mid-corner, and that actually aids Bjorn Verdheim's defence. Nose to tail they are. Swede ahead of Japanese driver and Kazuki Hoshina just needs to bide his time and not rush into a moment here and cause an incident because that car so much quicker than the 11 Mercedes in this phase of the race. It's taken a little bit of time for the, the race to come towards the three squad. Oh, little twitch there from the Nissan. We Could be his tyres are in trouble now as well. We did say that the BMAX squad just needed to wait and see, wait for the race to come to them. And on course for a second place, this is almost a, a carbon copy of the manoeuvre, a lap ago, and it looks like the Nissan's got the move done. How late on the brakes can it go? There's also a GT500 car uh, in amongst this, and the Mercedes again fends him off. Uh, it's rare you see a GT500 car staying out of it. <laughs> He's just hanging back going, yeah. I'll just leave <laughs> you guys to it. Wait for the straighty bit. So swinging right and swinging left towards the end of the lap. Bjorn Verheim's single-seater experience really coming in useful here to keep that Nissan of Kazuki Hoshina behind in the number three car. But all three of these GT300 cars battling for second position are definitely now struggling for tyres. I don't think there's any chance of the race leader, in also the, in a GTR, the, the gainer GTR, is going to come to the pits for fuel. He's just about made it on fumes and canvas, I suspect. That car has been fantastic strategy by the Gainer team. But look at this BMAX car, which itself had an early pit stop because of a tyre failure, all over him, coming down to turn one. He's going to get past, but the Prius is trying to have a run at the, the Nissan. I was going to say, Koki Saka <laughs> hasn't given up on this either, you know, in the fourth place Toyota Prius. He's going to try around the outside of at least the Mercedes, side by side as they exit turn one, and this is surely Hoshina's chance. He's got the inside line and just about turns that into the inside line for turn two so overtakes the Mercedes and what can the Prius do maybe get into third position by the flag just two laps to go for the GT500 car fist clenched there from the BMAX squad well he was saying to hurry up to his driver Kazuki Hoshina a short time ago and he's made two places in probably about two laps well it, it, his slightly stern face has changed to one of slight yeah, satisfaction not 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 excessively happy, but satisfaction as we're free rule, free wide for GT500 <laughs> car around the outside. Fantastic. You can't do that, as surely. The, as the Toyota and Gainer Mercedes and the Gainer Mercedes had a go at the GT500 car. That's James Rossiter, I think, Rossiter. saying, I'm going to stay out of this. <laughs> I do not want to get involved and uh, have various dive planes ripped off. <laughs> You're just laughing now, Sam. Oh, yeah. There is Saga getting the place back again from Bjorn Verdheim. He's trying desperately to hang on to a podium result here in the 11 car. Can't do it. And the Toyota Prius, despite that 40 kilos of ballast, the hybrid system still working as true as it did at the start of the race. And uh, the Koki Saga-driven 31 car back into third position.
Uh, that bat- I, I, uh, it's a shame we've cut away from that because that battle is not done. That, that Toyota and that Mercedes are going to scrap for the rest of this race as we see on the final lap now the Motec Autol GTR, well, dominant performance coming round to go through that last twisty bit of the circuit in sector three for the final time and, uh, well, still working his way through the traffic, passing Hatsune Miku as we... Well, he's making, not making easy work of it. And there's problems for the 31 car. Oh, dear. On the final lap, the Toyota Prius has suddenly lost pace, hasn't it? With yeah. Koki Saga at the wheel, and this has given the opportunity back to Bjorn Verdheim, who uh, is uh, into third place once more. I think as we see the Motul Autec GTR take victory, well-deserved, frankly... Um, I think there was contact between the Mercedes and the, 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 the Toyota that we haven't yet seen. Possibly so. That's a fair assumption. Over the line then goes the number one car. Ronnie Quintarelli and his teammate Sugio Matsuda have been uh, really dominant during this race from lights out to flag being waved, what, three hours or so ago. Over the line goes the number 10 car for Gainer Motorsport. And Andre Kuto, who started that car for Gainer, brings it to the finish. The man who uh, is... Officially Mechanese, although was born in Lisbon in Portugal, Andro Couto brings the car then to uh, the end of that race to take the win for Gainer. And they did manage to get to the yeah. finish without the extra stop. And that's remarkable stuff. Congratulations also to the 12 squad, the Calsonic Impul team, who get uh, their Nissan home in second position. The gap in the end was uh, over 15 seconds, I think, back to João Paulo de Oliveira. And a good effort from the 36 car to get Alexis into third position from both James Rossiter and Daisuke Ito. Second place going to the three car of BMAX in GT300. So they were fourth place uh, with about five laps to go and second place at the end of it. That, <laughs> that GT300 battle will live long in the memory, I have to say, after this weekend and really promises much for the rest of this season within uh, the 2015 Super GT Championship, Sam. Yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. That finish was just absolutely spectacular. It's a shame we didn't quite see that battle play out between the Mercedes and the Prius, but the Prius ended up finishing fourth, for those who just didn't notice it on the screen, after something happened on the very final lap. The Prius suddenly slowed down. I think it went off the track. I think there may have been contact between it and the Mercedes. Now, the interviews we get at the end of the races here, sometimes we get them, sometimes we don't, because there is a bit of a language barrier. But we should get some good comment from Ronnie Quintarelli, who was dominated. And there we go. Now we're seeing it. The Prius, ah, yeah. Rear tyres had gone. He just lost it all on his own. Nearly took out the (laughs) class, the, 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 the Mercedes there. And that would have been a... Real shame if they, neither of those had got on the podium. I'm not sure whether there was a little bit of contact just as it brushed the rear end, that Mercedes, but holds on for a podium result in the number 11 car. So congratulations to Gainer, who actually uh, get two of their cars on the podium, first and third in GT300, and the meat in the Gainer sandwich was the number three uh, NDDP racing with BMAX Nissan GTR with Kazuki Hoshina, a stellar stint to end his race and congratulations to Mitsunori uh, Takeboshi as well who uh, was also driving that car in the middle phase it's looking a bit battered and bruised particularly on that front right corner but thankfully the that little bit of aero did stay attached to the car and that will help it uh, with its with the weight check at the end of the race of course as well 
Well, it's, it's been a fantastic... It's going to be Saki's all-round in Yokohama tonight, I think, where the base of Nismo, where you have a class win, class second, an outright win, and an outright second. They couldn't really expect much better than that from and on Toyota's home ground. The next time these two brands are going to go toe-to-toe properly, though, is going to be in Le Mans, where we see the the biggest of the GTRs yet. Yeah. Yeah, if this is Godzilla, that is Mecha Godzilla, and I'm going to—I cannot wait to see how that stacks up against the uh, the Toyotas and the Audis and the Porsches on the big circuit at Le Mans. Now the top three in GT500 are being assembled. We've got two of the three. I have a funny feeling that the Petronas car has been waved into pit lane, though, so we may not get the third place car within GT500. The James Rossiter Daisuke Ito combination from Petronas Toms, but it's a Nissan. 1-2, as you said. We didn't quite get the Nissan 1-2. Uh, or did we get the Nissan 1-2? We got Nissan 1-2 in, yeah, in both, classes, in both yeah. classes. Sorry, for a moment then, I thought the shake-up within GT300 had spoiled that record. But no, absolutely right. Uh, Nissan GTR for 500 and 300, the dominant package this weekend at Fuji. And well done to the Lexus squad to get a third place in 500 and also to gain it with their Mercedes on the Dunlop tyres and to be fair to Dunlop and to be fair to Gainer, they got the strategy bang on early stops in this race a really short first stint and then decent length second and particularly third stint which kept us guessing to the very end but they stayed out and the performance of their cars just about merited that certainly for the race winner Andre Couto didn't really need to nurse that car to the finish at the end in car number 10. Now, what's happened is the GT500 cars have headed to the end of the uh, pit wall and then done a U-turn and are coming back down the fast lane now in the wrong direction. And I seem to remember, that it wasn't at the end of the, the final round of uh, last year's championship, don't they crane the car up onto the podium? Ridiculous. They do at some tracks. I don't know if they do it here at Fuji. Um, but We'll see. Yeah, we're no. Going. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much the answer because there's no cradle uh, in readiness for all that car. That was something that I, I couldn't quite get my head around. The fact that the drivers went up to the podium, but so did the car. And that that was plonked alongside the podium celebrations. But uh, nevertheless, these cars—I mean, these cars look great, whether they're stationary or doing over 300 k's and the start-finish straight. And there's much congratulation, as you would quite rightly understand, between Sugio Matsuda and Ronnie Quintarelli, the Italian, stepping out of the car, tapping the bonnet. Yeah, it's the car that's done all the work, of course, although some fabulous driving within the stints from Quintarelli and Matsuda. not sure whether you can go flat out in one of these cars throughout the whole of the race or whether you do need to just ease back at certain points to look after those tyres. Michelin tyres, of course, for the race winner. Bridgestones for the second-place runner and Bridgestones for the third-place finisher within GT500. Michelin will be very pleased with that achievement. Dunlop Day in GT300, winner taking the victory on the Dunlop tyre. Yokohama coming in second on that GTR. And now the post-race briefing will commence with much conversation, no doubt, for the squads that didn't do so well. And there were quite a few of those hitting troubles in the opening hour, really. GT500, though, very quickly, the podium, uh, the, the potential podium runners came to the surface pretty early on. 
And it didn't really change, did it? 112 no. and 36, it stayed pretty constant throughout. The cars that had quiet runs to the flag included the 17 machine, which finished in fourth position for Kaihin Real Racing. Their Honda going well under the command of Kudai Sakakoshi and teammates in the 17 car of Hideki Muto. And finishing in fifth position was another Lexus from uh, Team Saad and Koei Hirate having a good stint in the number 39 car to get that car to the finish. Let's see if we can hear from Ronnie Quintarelli. I'm not sure we'll be able to pick this up and some of the questions are going to be in Japanese, so we'll see if we can hear. I don't think that no, is. No, I don't think we've got the, that, that interview, got unfortunately. the uh, audio pipe through, but he looks very pleased with himself. Clearly two busy stints. The thing is, even if you are leading by 15 seconds, you've still got to be doing so much overtaking every single lap. As we've talked about, the speed differential between one of these G GT500 cars and the 300s means that you're encountering GT3 cars uh, and sometimes in great handfuls if they're all battling amongst themselves and you're trying to stay out of trouble. I mean, that was demonstrated by people like James Rossiter in the final stage of that race, thinking, I actually don't want to get by these two guys because they're trying to fight for a GT300 podium and I, there is a risk here that I will be cleaned out because they're not keeping an eye on the mirrors. I mean, And that's the big risk of this multi-class racing, particularly in such a hotly contested championship as Super GT. So, And, and the keeper, Tom's RCF, I mean, he really got into it when... That you had that absolutely wheel-to-wheel -wheel banging doors battle between the Mercedes and the Toyota. You got the RCF backed way out of it and let them go, which I've never actually seen happen in um, GT in Super GT at all. The GT500 car letting the GT300 get on with it. I'm not sure it was entirely deliberate, but nonetheless, I think once the driver had realised what was going on, I thought he thought I'm staying well out of this. So very calm and collected looks Sugio Matsuda. But he will be. Oh yeah, there's the grin. I was going to say he'll be smiling inside. He's very, very happy with that. And Looks that a bit like Peter Solberg, doesn't he? Put around him, does that? I suppose he does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is uh, useful points after they didn't have a great uh, opening round, carrying no ballast this weekend. So making use of the lighter car, getting a crucial win. And there was a top ten finish for the twelve car. So that was carrying a little bit of ballast, which may well have affected the wear of the Bridgestone tyres. Katsumasa now being interviewed. One of the winners within the 10 car for GT300. That is a three-driver lineup in the 10. Katsumasa Chiyo, Andre Kuto, who started and finished the race, and Ryochiyo Tomita. And here is Andre Kuto now for a quick interview he says he's very happy. I'm sure he does. And he's and pleased to win. And I'm actually from Macau. And it's wonderful to win from Nissan uh, many times in this lovely GTR. And I like my hat. It's from Dunlop. That's a really good translation, <laughs> that, because I think it's bang on. You, know, you missed one or two other crucial bits, probably. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about the, the, the pressure rooms on, under, you know, when you consider the pace of the number three B-Max car, in the end, the margin was safe enough but it didn't necessarily have to be like that because they, I don't think Gainer were entirely sure that they could maintain that pace to the end of the race the 11 car was dropping away and those lap times were getting slower but it's just a testament to I suppose to the, the Nissan and how it, it, it is maybe a bit lighter on the tyres than the Mercedes and that's what Tanaka-san is just telling you there you go Yeah, and this is, this is the owner of the Gainer team incidentally Tetsuya Tanaka who I couldn't remember the name of earlier 
He says thank you. But, I mean, the, the, the Nissan, as far as a GT3 car, is a big car. And I'm thinking about how the Bentley within GT3 is fairly light and nimble on its feet and doesn't create too much tyre wear. Is that the same the case with the, with the Nissan, do you think? I, yeah, I really think it is. I, it, it's amazing. The Nissan is actually a bit more of an engineering challenge, I think, than, than the Bentley. The Bentley was designed as a rear-wheel drive car, I believe, anyway. It's not not all-wheel drive, whereas the... Uh, this is where someone probably points out it is all-wheel drive. Lovely shot of Mount Fuji. Um, the, 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 the Nissan was designed to only ever be four-wheel drive, and these rear-wheel drive GT3 cars are really fantastic pieces of kit. Yeah. So there is the GT500 provisional result. 11.5 seconds in the end, the winning margin from the one car back to the 12. Car 36, James Rossiter and Daisuke Ito finishing on the podium ahead of car 17 of Toshikoi, uh, Toshikoshi and Muto. And there are the lower order positions. One or two questions asked mid-race from Nismo fans about Lucas Ordonieth. Well, unfortunately, the car number 24 that he was driving finishing just outside the top 10 in 11th position. GT300 won by Gainer. They take first and third positions and a decent winning margin of nearly 40 seconds, in fact, from the 10 Nismo Nissan back to the three similar B-Max car from NDDP. Two GTRs then at the head of the order from the Mercedes SLS of Gainer Motorsport. And the Toyota Prius on that final lap spin at turn one has to make do with fourth position, just missing out on a podium. So that's a win and a fourth place for the uh, Toyota Prius APR GT squad. It's really quite interesting, Johnny, to look at these full GT300 results. Basically, from, from 13th backwards, and from what was quite a big field to start off with, 20-something cars, you know, they didn't even bother showing them all there, actually. Uh, we didn't get a number of strong finishes as we see the point standings and well even though we've seen a great performance by the reigning champions Matsuda and Quintarelli Calderelli and Hirokawa still lead the championship by five points they do yeah and that's by virtue of the fact of a great result uh, with a win in the opening round of course and they well they backed that up with was it a sixth place in this race so useful points for car 37 yeah had them down as uh, in sixth position towards the end in their Lexus. Also useful points for Saga, who had a great race here and is uh, topping the, ta the, the, the table with Nakayama, his teammate, on 28 points. So that's been a good one for the GT300 cars. As the fans are unleashed onto the circuit now, making the start-finish line uh, nothing like a racetrack and more like uh, a, well, a festival site almost, as uh, more and more people pour onto the circuit. And the marshal, <laughs> quick to <laughs> step down from post. Maybe he needs his own pit stop after a three-hour race of flag-waving and uh, clearing cars out of the way. Although, after the initial, what, 40 minutes to an hour, where there was not quite a high rate of attrition because we got a number of cars to the finish, but there was uh, the potential for a number of cars to retire because we had cars in and out of garages. We had incidents. We had a lot of tyre blowouts. But then it seemed to calm down in hours two and three where the race got into more of a rhythm. Still very intriguing and lots of close racing, but thankfully not a lot of incidents. Exactly that. It, it, it's, it's close but very well-disciplined racing, Super mm. GT, and that allows for the bit of bumping and banging. And you, I think it's good that we didn't see in that battle in the GT300, at least we hope we won't, and I'm pretty sure we won't, we'll see those drivers called up to the headmaster's office and have their wrists slapped for well, driving with spirit. 
as they may call it in Japan, or in, uh, enthusiastic driving. I think it was fantastic to watch, and uh, that's why I love this championship. So, announcements at the circuit about to take place ahead of the podium presentations then, and I'm reckoning that we will see the presentations for the GT500 teams, first of all. So there'll be a lot of champagne awaiting in the wings and uh, three rather nice trophies as well ready to be dished out. I reckon that the top three squads will be called to the podium in reverse order. So awaiting car 36 and their drivers Daisuke Ito and James Rossiter. Flags flying above the podium as in fact three drivers come to the podium so this is actually That's the GT 300, GT 300. Yeah. so uh, I beg your pardon we got the wrong way round there and actually the winners go to the top step first of all so that's Andre Kuto Katsumasa Chio and Rio Chio Tomita in their Dunlop shod car so they've got the caps to match and flags to wave as well I think they I think they may get a very large check that's something I've seen happen in in this series, so they get given a very large check and a lot of trophies, but I'm not sure they get any champagne. Oh, really? Yeah, if they do get something, it may be sparkling sake. I see. Well, there is such a thing. Fair enough. Um, I did, uh, after the WEC race last year, I did actually go and check that it wasn't champagne, it was indeed sake. Sake. With well, bubbles in. It would be rude not to be sake, yeah. I suppose, in, in uh, the home of sake. There's Mount Fuji in the background, and the Nissan squad being welcomed to the podium as well. That's the B-Max NDD PGTR uh, duo of Kazuki Hoshino and Matsunori Takaboshi. Trophies are being presented now to the winning trio. And let's not forget the team that finished in third position, Katsuyuki Haranaka and Bjorn Verdheim, who started and finished that race and tried desperately to hang on to the podium results. Thought it was a lost cause before... The Toyota Prius spun by itself and gifted third place back again to the 11 car. Very happy indeed with their trophies. Kazuki Hoshino and Mitsunori Takaboshi. I wonder what they do with the spare trophies. Good question. I mean, they must have spare trophies. They've got three, three trophies for the top three. If they, if they came You'd second, they must have a spare second and third trophy. Maybe they just melt them down in readiness for uh, round three of yeah. the championship. Yeah, You'd hope be. there's some kind of recycling going on. Or, you know, some very lucky spectator gets to walk away with a trophy, but that'd be a little unfair, considering these guys have had to go through a three-hour race to earn theirs. Yeah, exactly. They could just give it to... Um, Oh, I, I'm assuming this guy's from Autobax because he's got uh, he's wearing orange. He's the guy that did the opening speech. I think he is. He? Yeah. Well, he's, he's, the uh, what's he got? Ago. Oh, they've got another trophy. That's almost like a, a Wimbledon-esque. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a drinks tray, isn't it? It's a yeah. To serve your squash on. That's right. Yeah. So that's to or green tea bring, in bring this the case. To, to the uh, podium, perhaps. Cold, cold green tea. That's that. That's on what a silver do. platter. And the other the other drivers sort of looking looking to the left, saying, "Where's ours?" <laughs> You don't get one of those. <laughs> we, we won the race, and you didn't. I think I think the giant check is now coming. Okay, waiting for that to appear in shot. There it is, uh, just to the bottom right, I reckon. About to be presented now. How much is this for, then, do you know? I don't know. I think we'll find out. Many, many, many millions of yen, probably. Here he comes. 500,000. 500,000, so didn't quite get to the million. That's J Sports, the TV. Ah, now that goes to the B-Max team. It okay. will be millions of they, yen, they, then, they presumably. Get I don't think you could take that to your local um, bank and cash that. There are a few crucial uh, bits of information missing from the front of that. Well, it wouldn't fit in one of the machines, would it? Uh, and that. So, 
how much is the well the, the guys in second place have got to check and neither of the gainer squads have yet sure there is a, a check the, the man in orange has come back on oh, no, it that's for the photos yeah I think there's only one check to be yeah, scanned, yeah. You know? I, I think the best performer with BMAC's got the best performer trophy uh, well check so that's a separate prize yeah. as it were so your man of the match I think would be the equivalent I see yeah, yeah. like a drive of the day but for the uh, best squad and I think that's well deserved yeah I like the day glow uh, yellow boots of the two from Gainer, uh, Katsuyuki Hironaka and Bjorn Wernheim. Yeah, so that's very natty, isn't it? Isn't it? If you drive a Mercedes for Gainer, you get you get some some good disco slippers. You could, you could play on the right wing for Blackpool FC in those sort of boots, particularly now. <laughs> anyway, so I'm well used to champagne being sprayed, but that's not going to happen. You're quite right. So more photographs to be taken of three, four, five, six, seven drivers and they will hold their trophies aloft and these will adorn mantelpieces around Japan and a little further afield when it comes to Bjorn Verdheim and Andre Kuto. They probably have places in Japan though. They probably yeah, do. They probably live out yeah, there. It's a long way to go back to. Uh, I mean Andre Lotto for example who, who races for Audi and has a place in Belgium but I think he lives with his parents still in Belgium has a very nice place in, uh, in Tokyo in the Rapunga district mm. where he lives most of the year. Because this is, is the, for these drivers who do these series and the sister series Super Formula, this is the sort of the big. Well, I, I do remember for many years at Le Mans, Andre Lotter ran with the Japanese flag against his name, and that had me confused. Here's the here, sake. Yeah, here comes. Or is it the champagne? We'll, we'll find out. I mean, uh, maybe there's been a little bit of delay. Oh, they have to open it themselves. Ordering the lift that uh, contained the champagne, but it's now got here. So worth holding these drivers on the podium for. The spraying of the champagne and the now in Formula One. End. See in Formula so One, this wouldn't go. happen. You have to in Formula One, they have to be pre-opened just oh, before really? the drivers arrive. Yeah. Okay. Well, thankfully, none of them have gone for any of the uh, the, the good well, girls adorning the podium. No, they, they legged Hamilton-esque. it. They did leg it. Yes. Yeah, well, well, one one of the the, the the winning gainer drivers obviously didn't open here, so I think he expects to take it home and oh, he's still got him. the cork in. Yeah, that, so that, that's soaked, proper. Yeah. But He'll get he'll have the best evening of yeah. all seven drivers. When, when he's sitting on the romance car back to Shinjuku, that's the name of the train. Um, he will, no, he really is. <laughs> he will be sitting there just pouring himself a little cup of sparkling sake and smiling happily to himself. Yeah, exactly. Thinking you guys wasted yours, but I've been thinking ahead. So Gainer will be thoroughly chuffed with this weekend, won't they? Yeah, I think um, the, the, you know anything. The only thing would have been better would have been a one-two, but you know this is it's plenty good enough, I think. But oh, he's got a selfie stick as well. Considering there was no weight on the 11 car, so they didn't have a great opening round. Eight kilos for the 10 car, so they did score points in round one. But points for first and third will really get their championship motoring. Do you get any more points for this round compared to the previous one? Because it's a slightly longer race. No, I don't think so. I think the only one where you get extra points is the 1,000 yeah, Ks. At Suzuka. The 44th running of that, by the way, this year for the 1,000Ks at Suzuka. Well, we and should get another podium for GT500. Yep. In a minute, so we'll see the man in orange back again. 30th of August is the date to put in your diary, by the way, for the 44th International Suzuka 1,000 kilometres. And although the first few races are relatively evenly spaced, one in April, one in May, one in June, that's the next one to look forward to at the Chang International Circuit in Thailand. After that, so that's the week after Le Mans, isn't that's it? That's the same, same weekend as the Austrian Grand Prix. 21st of June. After that, have to wait till the uh, start of August. So they don't race at all in July. Start of August is at 
back here at Fuji Speedway for another 300-kilometre race. Uh, the end of August is the 1,000 Ks, as I mentioned. There's a race in September, and then nothing in October, but two races in November to end the season at Autopolis and Twin Ring Motegi. So the podium has been cleared, and trophies are being readied for the top three within the GT500 class. Who are we going to give the best performer to? Uh, that's a rare, very good question. If it doesn't go to the obvious choice of the one squad, then... Hmm. I, I couldn't I give know. it to anybody else, to I be honest, in that could, class, really. no. I'm trying to think who else has had highlights. As we welcome to the podium, Sugio Matsuda and Ronnie Quintarelli. It's been a good effort from the 12 car, but they didn't. They finished over 10 seconds behind. Uh, did anybody else have a kind of up-and-down race and recovered well? Not really. I no, think it's, gonna be, it's got to be the one squad uh, for me. It's, it's, it's been it's been a dominant performance from these two Nissan teams. So, actually, who 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 would I give the the the, the best performer who check to? Who would you give the best performance N check to? Nismo now? Yokohama. Ah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd give it to the to the bosses. Yeah, the, the, the engineers at Yokohama for developing this car because it's the car that 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 won this race. You can see different tyres, different drivers, still dominant. So it's worked well for Nismo here in these conditions. And shakes all round then on the podium. Sugio Matsuda and Ronnie Quintarelli stand in the middle in their red suits. To their right in the blue suits, it's Hironobu Yasuda and JPL, João Paulo Lima de Oliveira. And to their left, to the winner's left, Daisuke Ito and James Rossiter finishing third place in the 36 car. They remain constant in that position pretty much. See, do you know what I like about these trophies? They're like proper trophies. They're not these sort of corporate sort of bits of plastic that you get in, in other championships it's a nice it's not a nice proper Your traditional trophy shaped yeah. trophy yeah with the two handles and the uh, you can take the lid off and sweep your sock out probably could you know, take the lid yeah. off yeah so they need to be careful when they hoist those above their heads not to drop off the silver lid and damage it oh, what else are they going to get now? I think there's going to be a check there will be a check will, will they get one can of the steering wheels as well oh, go to oh, oh yeah here's it's the juice tray there's yeah there's the present, presenter silver platter. It's auto, it auto backs the, the better than Halford's sort of auto brand. You said that. Auto spares stores. Uh, no, it was said to us on social media. I suspect it probably oh, okay. is. Um, it, it's super auto backs, it seems to be, actually. So this uh, silver platter has the, uh, has the track map in the middle of it and the simple word winner in large letters, which is always a good word to read after... A three-hour race. I wonder if that silver's hallmarked. Uh, it looks like it's been engraved in yeah. some It's got, it's got some Super GT logo in the, the... It's certainly unique as far yeah. as this event is concerned. So that's the, the sponsor from... That's the trophy from the main sponsor. So I guess at each, each race they get a, trophy, a sponsor trophy. Here's, here's the... Oh, here they are for the photo. Are we, are we missing one? No. Oh, no check. No check. No check yet. No, no check. Maybe uh. it's a, an exclusive GT300 prize. Yeah, it for could the check. well be. But had there been one, it could only have gone to the number one squad. No, everyone's gathering their prizes together. Well, there's the information for the next race. Absolutely. Put that in your electronic program planner in YouTube that doesn't actually exist, but just subscribe to Nismo TV and it'll happen automatically. So about, uh, what's that, six weeks or so, six or seven weeks before the Chang International Circuit in Thailand. That's the only uh, race meeting outside of Japan as part of the Super GT season for 2015. 
qualifying on the Saturday and racing on the Sunday for 300 kilometres of the Buriram United Super GT race, round three of this year's season. Champagne we're still waiting for. That will surely be brought to the podium so that these six drivers can spray a bit of bubbly. But well done to Sushio Matsuda and Ronnie Quintarelli, who again lift their trophies and silver platter to the skies in order to get that killer photograph ahead of future publications, whether hard copies or on websites. These are the photographs that you will see in coming days. Well done to James Rossiter if you're... Uh, Brits like me and Sam, then uh, congratulations to James. Gets one Brit on the podium. Now they're going to get some. Get the girls going to bring out some bottles for them. There is certainly some hanging around. Uh, yeah, there yeah, they are. Yeah, here it is. Uh, can we can we work out? Is that uh, is that sparkling sake or is that champagne? What do you think? I think it's champers. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, how, how I, well I, I think it might be. How well can you spray sake? I've never done it. Well, if it's sparkling sake, I'm, I'm guessing oh, quite well. It yeah, it flow works. pretty well. Yeah. Uh, just the same as champagne then. Yeah, I mean, if the Formula One, <laughs> they haven't loosened them up much, have they? No, no, no. Well, that's all down to the driver, isn't it, and how eager you want to be with the cork. Oh, he still hasn't got the cork off. <laughs> still struggling <laughs> on the podium there. <laughs> looks like Sa Ah, there you go. He's not saving it for the train home. Was that Oliver De Oliveira struggling? Or was no, no, that's, that's, that's Matsuda who couldn't yeah. get the stuff off. Now, I, do you know what? I think it is sake, because it's not, it's not bubbling up the way champagne would do. I'll bow to your superior Saki knowledge there. So I think they kept the trophies relatively dry, made sure the race suits and the caps take the punishment. There is, of course, the mixture of uh, tyre manufacturers, Michelin taking the race win, Bridgestone second and third, Nissan from Nissan from Lexus, the top three, and GT500 for the second round of the season of the Japanese Super GT Championship. And you've watched it all here, courtesy of RadioLeMond.com, powered by Nismo, Eat, Sleep, Race, Repeat, and Nismo TV. Great for RadioLeMond.com and Nismo TV to hook up for this second round of the championship. And here is a look back on the last three hours then as the build-up commenced for... Chinahu 